Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So today we're going to be talking about building, scaling, deal making. I mean, you name it. You know, the founder that we have joining us today, you know, has built a company now that has 40,000 employees. Think about that. Absolutely remarkable journey. You know, the one that he has been in. And we're going to be talking about many, many things, you know, on how he got started, how he went, you know, to work for government, then also for other companies, then how he decided to really be the uh, creator of his own destiny. And here he is pushing this rocket ship that he's on. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Karim Bernusi. Welcome to the show. Hello, Alejandro. Thank you. So originally born in Morocco, Karim, give us a walk through memory lane. How was life growing up and being the fifth child of seven siblings? You know, I, I born in Morocco in uh, 63. So Morocco is, uh, was just a few years af after the independence of the country. So uh, my, uh, my memories are just sweet memories because I had a really beloved father who left us now 30 years ago and a very a mom very close to us. So uh, I was really, uh, let's say, gifted to, to born in such family where we had just love uh, around us. and. Uh, they teach, they teach us that uh, work, work, uh, study, and at the end, you will have the reward of that. So you, you also studied French, and uh, then you did engineering. What got you into problem solving to begin with? So I was, I mean, uh, I, I had first, I, uh, when I was in Morocco, I was in the French school. So uh, I was, it, it, the level was very, was very good. So I, I, I graduated, I had, I had my high school in Morocco. And then I left to, I, I, was, I was good in math. Uh, I was, uh, uh, I loved the uh, numbers. Uh, so I, I was really good on, on math. And so I went to France to do a school of engineers. Uh, and I had the chance to, to be accepted to uh, the Sub Telecom, which, which is a, a French telecom school, uh, where I graduated in 87. So telecom is uh, definitely something that uh, you spend quite a bit of time, uh, you know, as part of your career. What what really got you excited about the industry of telecom? You know, I think when I, I when I you know when I spent uh, I had the, the I applied to different I mean uh, schools. I had the, the the opportunity to go in another school, which is uh, l'Ecole Nationale des Ponts et Chaussées, which is a really famous school in France. Uh, I didn't choose it because. Uh, Civil engineer was not something that uh, I was uh, looking at, but uh, telecom was just the beginning. And I mean, and digital was just the beginning in the late eighties. So I, it was the future. So that's why I went there. It was not really popular at at that time. My father told me, "No, go to uh, and be civil engineers because it's for him. It's uh, you know for his generation, it was better." But I, I did my choice, and I think I didn't regret it. Now, for you also, uh, one thing that is very interesting as well as part of your journey is that you experienced the private sector and also the public sector. I mean, you were involved, too, with launching schools, with the ministry there and the fisheries and, and things like that. Well, so I think I, I, had re I was really lucky because uh, uh, before launching my own business, I had uh, 
And I think it's it's very important to understand that I, I didn't launch my business just after high school. So uh, I had the chance to to be close to many businesses. First, I, I worked in a French in a French company, and then I went to the international. I worked in Germany and the Philippines. So I, I got in touch with the, let's say international people uh, and the international business. And then I came back to Morocco and my my, I mean, my ambition at that time was to work for the government because I, I grew in a family where everybody was working for the public sector. And I started to work with the public sector in telecom, uh, then in a ministry, then uh, in the university to build the university. And so it was a really nice experience because I was close to the institution, uh, government institution, institutions. And then I had the chance to be hired by a multinational company, Microsoft, where I worked during five years. I was close to people, uh, very famous people, very smart people in the US, in Europe. And, uh, you know, this experience to be in a local company, to be in a French company, then to be the government in the government, then to be an international, multinational company gives me really strong experience on and show me what things to do and things to to avoid if you if you launch your company. And I think it's the that's the strength that I got when I started to 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 build my own business. So what what one of the uh, interesting aspects there, as you were alluding to it, I mean you've you've worked for all types of companies, you know, Maroc Telecom, uh, also you did Microsoft, you did the uh, Lufthansa as well. I mean you you've done quite um quite a few, you know, there. But as you were alluding to it, you had the opportunity to also travel and to live in yeah. different countries. I guess what 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 opened up for you from a worldview perspective? I think I mean. You know, uh, today I, I leave it. I mean, I, even if in my experience before uh, launching my own company, uh, I had the chance to to be close to many cultures uh, and many, uh, I mean, way to do business. And uh, I think today, um, if you look at Intelsia, Intelsia is present today in 18 countries. We have 40,000 people. And I travel every time to be close to my people in order to to make sure that the DNA that we would like in the company is the same everywhere. But even if you have the same DNA, you see the difference in the culture. And I think somebody, I mean, the thing that I, I'm gifted by is to have this, this, the chance to be close to, I mean, um, smart people in all these countries, and I learn from them. I learn from them, and I think the key for, uh, here is to, to listen and not to apply what you have in your company or what you have in your own country, everywhere. The, the, the thing is that you have to understand the culture. You have to, to listen, to be patient in order to, to accept who, who, uh, who uh, the other people are and then to make sure that the, that's the value are the same. I mean, for me, it's the, the, the most important for my company is that to make sure that we are living the same values, but at the same time, the, how you say the declination, how, how they are applied in, a, in each country can be different. So why did you always want to, to go back to Morocco? Because obviously at this point you had the experience of being in different countries, you know, different opportunities, different worldview as well. So why going back to Morocco? Because I, uh, I'm, I'm happy here. I mean, uh, it's my country. I mean, today I have one nationality is Moroccan. I, I don't have any other nationality. Today my 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 wife is in Germany because she's a diplomat. My daughter in, is in London. My son is in Paris. And I, I spend most of, I mean, half of my time here in Morocco. 
uh, and I in Morocco for me I I think it's uh, uh, it's something from the beginning as I told you when I when I graduated I knew that I will come back to my country because I wanted to give back to my country what I got from the, the country so it was something that it was not negotiable so today I have the chance to spend half of my time here and half outside the country so I you can say that I'm taking the best thing for every for every part but I think that uh, as a Moroccan entrepreneur and as a Moroccan company, I would like to try to, to be an example for other entrepreneurs to show them that uh, by keeping our values, by uh, working hard, by uh, uh, not uh, looking for profit at, at short term, we can build strong companies, we can build global companies uh, from a country from the south. This, that, that's the thing that I would like to show and to show that it's possible without having, I mean, any, uh, let's say, push from any, anybody. So in your case, Microsoft was the most immediate step before you actually went at it as an entrepreneur, because on Maroc uh, Telecom, you know, there was a little disagreement there with the president, you know, which uh, pushed you to really, you know, take a look at what else was out there. And, and obviously Microsoft was uh, one thing that, you know, allowed you to, to, to really expand, you know, your, your thinking, you know, different segment too. But this was the segue, you know, for you to become an entrepreneur. So what were the immediate steps that needed to happen in order for you to really take ownership of your own destiny? I, I think if you look at, um, if you look at uh, my experience and uh, if we look at what are the benefits that I got from the previous experience before becoming an entrepreneur, there are many things. First, working for the government, public sector will help you to be patient. And will help you as well to to know, know more about the counterpart of the of the private sector to to see how the other are are are, are, are running. <laughs> uh, but I think that the best thing that I got and the best experience is from Microsoft because in Microsoft you you learn how to to sell, and the top line for uh, for an entrepreneur is very very important. And I think that this is something that I. Uh, I mean, I, I, I learned there because before I was not selling, even if I had some ability to do it. But I mean, I was not, uh, I was not in the sales part. I, in Rock Telecom, I was purchaser, not selling things. Uh, second thing that I, I learned as well in Microsoft is the, the, the thing that today everybody, I mean, everybody is, um, I mean, there is not a lot of layers of, uh, in the hierarchy. So everybody can talk to everybody. So I remember that in some, uh, uh, conference, I talked to Bill Gates, to Steve Ballmer, and uh, even tell them, uh, giving them some recommendation on how the things that should be done in our country, even if I was a really small country regarding the business that they had. So this kind of thing, I try to apply them to my country. So today, for instance, to my, uh, to my company. So today, for instance, in the 40,000 people, everybody can send me a mail or send me a chat and I can re I, I answer. So this is very important for me. This closeness to, to my people is the key to success. My God, well, 40,000 people being able to send you uh, chats and messages, that sounds... Uh... They, 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 are, they are doing that, and I, I will answer. I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer. I, I don't receive 100 requests per day, but because they, they request when they want something very special, okay. but I think it's important. And in every visit where I go to a site in a country, I, I spend time with people, with agents that are calling the engineers and trying to understand how 
uh, life is in our country, in our company, in this country. So it's very important. So, so walk us through the origins of uh, Intelsia. How did the uh, Intelsia, you know, the 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 ideation incubation like really bringing it to life you know there was like some deal making there too with some friends i mean how did it all come together i mean it's it's uh, it's like uh, i mean i would say it's by chance or i mean it's life is like this uh, when uh, when i was fired by my uh, by morocco telecom in 2000 uh, i was looking for a job i mean to be clear i was uh, I, I was 37 and i knew that uh, at that time i had to to find another job very quickly because I have a wife, I have a children. So, um, I, and it, it took time. It took time because the level of uh, uh, seniority that I had I, the, in Morocco, I didn't have many opportunities. So with two friends, we uh, I was looking for launching a, a business and I was looking for this call center because it was the, just the beginning of call center business in Morocco, offshore call center. And uh, one of my friends come to me and told me, what are you doing? I told him, I, I was, uh, I'm thinking about that. So he told me, let's do it together. So in 2000, we, we traveled in Europe and tried to, to I mean, to, to meet uh, the, the big players, to, to uh, uh, convince them to come to Morocco. So we convinced uh, Transcom. Transcom was a European call center company, a Swedish company. And uh, we convinced them to... And then to launch in Morocco, Transcom Morocco. So we 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 uh, create these companies, this joint venture. We had forty percent of the company; they had sixty percent. And in September two thousand, we launched uh, Transcom Morocco. And at that time, Transcom uh, was the sister company of Tele2. Tele2 was a, a telco uh, company, a low-cost telco company in Europe. And uh, we launched this call center to serve Tele2, which is the sister company of uh, Transcom. Uh, in the beginning, I, I wanted to to run this company because uh, I told them let's uh, let's open a site in Casablanca and then we'll go to Tangier. Blah blah blah. I was uh, looking that very big, but uh, Transcom didn't see this uh, like this. They told no no no. It's uh, just a production center, so we are going to send a site director. He will manage that. So after this, uh, I had to find a job. So I went to Microsoft. I had this op- offer from Microsoft in 2000. So I I worked in Microsoft until end of 2005. And when I get out from Microsoft, uh, at that time, I knew that I had to run my own company. So I, was, uh, I had many ideas uh, uh, in the consultancy business. In, uh, I had another idea in the transportation business. Anyway, and so I went to my two uh, co-founders of uh, the Moroccan part who had 40%. I told them, let's sell this 40% to Transcom. And uh, at that time, uh, I evaluated this. Uh, my part of this one is 200 uh, K euro, euro a dollar. So it was very good for me to launch my other com- uh, bi- my businesses that I was thinking about. So we evaluated this company at, at that time at 2 million euro. And this company was doing 5 million euro revenue, uh, one site, 200 people. So we went to our partners. They didn't want, they didn't want to buy. So they told us, no, uh, the, the, the customer is us because it's their sister company. We are not going to buy ourselves. So I convinced my two other co-founders to buy the 60%. I told them, okay, let's buy the 60%. I will spend half of my time managing this company because I cannot put all my time on this one. It was just a call center, small call center. So that's how we started Intelsia. So we bought this. So I went with my suitcase without any lawyer, without anything. I signed everything. 
And I got a company. <laughs> it's, I mean, it was really funny because I went to Luxembourg to sign with this partner. So when I came back, I came back owner of a company of 200 people, 5 million euro revenue. So we bought the company with the cash that we had in the company. So it was crazy as well. And, uh, and we started the, the, the Intelsia story in 2006. So how, how, how does that work? You know, buying a company with the cash of the company. You know, how, how does that work? Because they, we, I mean, they, ke they kept the cash in the company. I mean, uh, you can say that these guys uh, didn't uh, do the math. But anyway, so uh, uh, we had the cash on the company. So we do the small loan. It's, also, it's, it's, it's like an LBO, let's say, something like that. But uh, the company was okay. I mean, it was well managed. There is nice people on this one. And today, let's say 18 years later, something like that, Uh, I have, again, here in the company, maybe uh, 50 people uh, from that period. Hey, guys, so pardon the interruption here. So I got to tell you that, you know, for those of you that are either looking to raise money or you're looking to get your company acquired, you don't have to be alone. You know, there's a lot of psychology that needs to be blended with strategy, with methodology, with process. And it's very hard. And already doing your business alone is super, super difficult. So. I remember, you know, back then when I was an entrepreneur, I kept really experiencing the challenge of either knowing or finding the right type of access to the right type of investors or really understanding what was the right type of guidance, you know, that would carry me through the process, whether it was with seeking money or with going through the acquisition. So that gap that I found being an entrepreneur is ultimately what pushed me later on when I met my co-founder at Pantera, Mike Sieversen to really put together an advisory firm where we are guiding entrepreneurs and founding teams through the capital raising efforts, whether you are at a seed stage or at a series A stage, or if you are going through the process of an acquisition and you are in small to mid cap type of um, a cycle. So again, you know, we would help you from guiding you and, and supporting you from A to C all the way to the end as an extension of your team. And there's no reason for you to do this alone. So with that being said, if you would like to find out more, feel free to send me an email at alejandro at panteraadvisors.com. And we would love to take a look at helping you out. Wow. So, so I guess for the people that are listening too, what is the business model of Intelsia, of Intelsia Group? How do you guys make money? So today, I mean, we are... Our business is the following. Our business is to, I can say it very quickly, it's outsourcing business. Today, we are providing people, processes, and infrastructure. So what can it be? It can be call center for telcos, for energy company, where we, we, we do CRM. So it means that today we answer to customers, to our big customers. So today, if you are in the US, for example, Optimum, if you are a customer of Optimum in New York, But you, when you will call, you will uh, have me, most probably somebody from Intelsia who's going to answer to you to explain the bill or to, uh, to try to uh, uh, send you a technical guy in order if you have a technical problems. So it can be this. It can be uh, to sell. So to, today we have some customer uh, in, the, in the travel industry where we have people who are calling to travel and we try to sell them the best resource and blah, 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 blah. So it can be as well, uh, we have other businesses like um, collection. So today we have some customers who are asking us to do collection for, for the customer that they are not paying. So we call guys and we, call, we do collection. 
we we have as well we launched the IT business so today we have in the company uh, more than 700 engineers doing software development or doing uh, uh, infrastructure supervisions as uh, managed services so to be i mean global today we we, we as a company we are concentrating our we do businesses that are not important for our customers that are, that are the, the and we we give them agility we give them uh, uh, let's say a good price, good economical situation that are profitable for them. So I know that deal making has been a really big component of uh, growing up the operation, you know, and scaling, uh, and and also like involving PE firms, uh, LBO uh, type of transactions. Can can you walk us through, you know, how that progression has been on building the company and how you guys have uh, used deal making? Just to understand, in our business, you have to be big in order to be profitable. You have to be big in order to get some big customers because otherwise you're going to be hated by the others. Somebody will go and, and buy you. So today, in Telsia, from the beginning, we wanted to build a company, not to do a deal. I mean, for us, it was to, be, to build a story. Otherwise, you can sell the company and it will disappear. So from the beginning, I mean, if you want to stay in this business, you have to grow. So. Our main objective is to grow, to grow, to grow. And how you can grow? You cannot grow fast by just uh, organic growth because, I mean, uh, it will need a lot of time. So we made some acquisitions. So when we started the business, as I was saying, in 2005, 2006, we were 200 people. So we, it, it took us three years to understand the business and to learn. And after, we, we got some big customers that are, allow us to be profitable, like uh, Lenovo. And then we got a customer like Google, for which we, we work. So these customers, uh, in the late 10, it was in 2007, 2006, uh, 2007, 2008, allow us to grow. So we we went from 5 million euro revenue to 7 million euro revenue in 2009. And at that time, we became profitable. 2010, we went into 10 million euro revenue. And at that time, we wanted to buy a company, and to buy a company, we didn't have the means to do it. I mean, uh, so uh, one private equity fund gets into the capital of the company uh, with three million euro that we raised, and then we took a loan of five uh, of four million euro, and we bought a company that allow us to double the volume. In 2010, we became we were ten. We we bought a company with ten million euro revenue in 2010, so we we were twenty million euro revenue uh, company with one thousand people. In 2008, and it, we were addressing just the French-speaking market. So at that time, we said, if we want to grow, we have to go in France. We cannot just be in offshore. So we went in France, and we bought a company in France. This company was doing 33 million euro revenue, uh, in 1,000 people just in France. So we, we bought it. So we, we made an offer, and, and it was really funny, because I, I went to the owner of this company, and I told him, uh, I had somebody who presented to me, I told him, you know, you are just in France addressing French-speaking market. I am just in Morocco addressing French-speaking market. You alone, is uh, you are fragile. Me alone, I'm fragile. So let's put together the two companies. You manage the French part, because I don't know how the French labor is uh, working, blah, blah, blah. I manage the offshore, and we grew together. So he, he told me, okay, let me think about that. So he called me uh, one week later. He told me, you know, I'm 60. Uh, I prefer to sell. So I, I came back to him very quickly. I told him, okay, this is my offer. 
if you accept it, so no competition, I think, so we, we make the deal. Say, say accept it. So that's how we deal a deal very quickly. So we bought this company, so I, I raised the loan in order to buy the company. And in 2011, one year later, we became a 54 million euro revenue company, 2,500 people. So we continued. Then I, we learned as, as well. So I started to work in France. So I went in France in order to understand the French, the French business. The French labor is a nightmare as well, uh, low, so I have to, to manage that. So we, we lost money in the beginning in France, two years, but at the end of the day, we were uh, profitable uh, three years later. So we grew despite these difficulties that we had in France, and we grew every year. We went to 63 million, 67, 70. And in 2000, and we bought another company in 2016. It was Atento, the French-speaking part of Atento. So we bought it in France, in Morocco. It's 1,500 people. And in 2016, Altis Group, for which we 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 won the big tender uh, for SFR, uh, asked us to to get into the capital. So they bought the private equity fund shares as well as the two other companies. So in two, in 2016. Uh, we were less than 1,000 uh, million euro revenue. We were 4,000 people at that time. And uh, Altis bought 65%. And me and Youssef, my partner, we are have 35% of the company. And seven years later, uh, ben, we are 40,000 uh, people now, uh, almost 800 million euro revenue. So we had many things during that period. We opened Africa. We, uh, we bought other companies uh, we bought a company, an IT company in France and Morocco. We bought a Spanish company, which was very big. We bought it in, uh, because to address Spanish-speaking market for us, it's important. Uh, and we bought other subcontractors in Egypt, in, uh, in Rep uh, DR, the Dominican Republic. So today, we, we are addressing four, big mar four markets. French market, where we are very big. We are number three in the French market. Uh, so it's half of our business. Uh, we have the Portuguese market, for which we have uh, more than 7,000 people. We are number two. We have the Spanish market. Uh, by the acquisition, we are number five in this market. And in the U.S. market, we are just newcomers. We are just new enters. So today, our strategy is to continue to grow. So we, as a, um, our ambition is to be a global player. So if we want to be a global player, we, we need to grow and to address other markets like U.K. markets, like German market. And as well as to be strong in the U.S. market because it's the first market in the world. So if we want to, to be, a, let's say, a player who is counting in, the, let's say, the, in this ecosystem, we have maybe to buy another company in the U.S. in order to, to have U.S. guys who, uh, I mean, dealing with the U.S. customers. So imagine, Karim, obviously tremendous business, you know, that uh, you guys have been able to build, you know, with uh, 40,000 people, 800 million euro revenue. I mean, remarkable. Imagine you were to go to sleep tonight, Karim, and you wake up, you have to imagine you have the snooze of a lifetime. Okay. Incredible. The snooze of a lifetime. Okay. You know, incredible sleep um, during that night. And let's say you wake up in a world where the vision of Intelsia is fully realized. What does that world look like? You know, for me, my dream, I mean, my dream is, uh, first is uh, to try to, uh, and I, t I say it every time where I, I go to my people, I told them, you know why we are growing, 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 is the ability to invest on people. 
for me, I mean, in our business is to be close to our people. For me, our business, I mean, my dream is to bring jobs to people in the South and to allow them to, to stay in their country and to live next to their family. So today in Morocco, where I'm in Morocco, I'm in Tunisia, in Egypt, in Cote d'Ivoire, in Senegal, in Cameroon, in, uh, uh, when I am in Madagascar, Mauritius, in Africa, for instance, I'm talking about Africa. When we bring jobs, we bring dignity to people. We bring them, I mean, the ability. So my dream is to continue to grow in order to allow these people to stay at home, uh, in the country and as well in order to, to enhance the employability of these guys. So uh, for me, this is my first objective. Second one is to continue to be, um, to be ethic in our business. You know, in our business is to say profitability is not the first thing. Profitability is, is the consequence of what we are doing. It's not the first thing. That, I mean, it's not how you... And my, my, my message to entrepreneurs is to tell them that if you invest on people, if you are close to your people, if you are close to your customer, at the end of the day, you have a profitable business. And it's not, and the decision that you are taking is first to think about your customer and your people. And that's how I'm, I'm dealing with my business. So obviously we're talking about the future here. I want to talk about the past, but doing so with a lens of reflection. Let's say, you know, I'm able to put you now into a time machine. I'm going to put you in a time machine now and we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to 2005, okay? 2005 is the moment where you were wondering, you know, coming out of uh, Microsoft, you know, a world where you could really take ownership of your own future. Uh, and uh, let's say now is the moment where, you know, the whole, you know, idea started coming in and, you know, uh, becoming an entrepreneur. Let's say you're able to stop that younger Kareem, because, I mean, we're talking about, you know, almost 19 years ago today. And let's say you're able to stop that younger Kareem and have the opportunity of giving that younger Kareem one piece of advice before launching a business. What would that be and why, given what you know now? You know, when I, when I, go, I go back at this period and uh, I, I had this discussion with some entrepreneurs, I told them, when you go out and you can start launching your business, usually you do many things. I think you open, uh, and I remember in 2005, I think I opened five or six companies and running this one and this one and this one and this one. And I told them, you, you'll see that you will converge to the business that is, is your own, I, the things. And I, I remember one, I had one friend who told me, I told, uh, I, I, I told to this friend, I'm running this company, the, uh, the call center. It was small at that time. I'm running... Uh, uh, a transportation company, which was bigger. And, uh, and I, I was running a consultancy company. And when she saw the thing she told me, this person told me, you know, you're going to stay with Intelsia. I think Intelsia is, is the thing which is most close to you, what you are. So what I'm saying is that when you start entrepreneurship, you, you have many ideas. And I think you don't have to to stop your ideas, you, 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 you can test, I mean, all the ideas, you, you will fail on someone, you will you succeed. But at the end of the day, if I look at myself, I, I'm not a guy who can do many things at the same time. I prefer to concentrate myself on one thing. And this one thing is Intelsia today. Because when I sleep, I sleep with it. When I wake up, I wake up with it. So I cannot do it with two or three other things. I'm, I'm focusing on, on my, my business. The other business that I launched, some are closed. And, and others are managed by my partners and I'm not uh, running that companies at all. You know, I, I'm just looking maybe 
once every quarter to see the result of these companies. But to, to, to come back, what I, I mean, the other, maybe the third thing that uh, I would love, I mean, I would love to have the energy that I had uh, 17 years ago, or 18 years ago to continue again for 20 years. Because, I mean, there are many things, again, to do. So tra today I'm traveling to manage this energy because our business needs energy. Why? Because you have to be close to people. Why? Because you have to be, we, we are in a people business. You know, we don't have any, uh, uh, let's say, brevet or patent or things like that that give us money. I mean, money is coming where you are close to, to your customer and close to your people. So for the people that are listening, Karim, that would love to reach out and say hi, what is the best way for them to do so? Ah, for me, I'm reachable uh, LinkedIn. I'm, I answer very quickly. Uh, mail, LinkedIn, uh, chat. I, uh, I'm, I'm really, some, I'm, I'm really connected. I'm trying to, uh, to be open to the world, open to my people, and open to my partners. That's amazing and easy enough. Well, Karim, thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been an absolute honor to have you with us. Thank you, Alejandro. It was really a pleasure to share this with you this moment and enjoy New York and enjoy your daughters <laughs> and uh, see you soon. <laughs> if you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.